You should be the host here. I really love it, aren't you? We're both monster people, diehard monster people, and we want them to do well. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows monster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. Welcome along to episode 14 of the Red 78, your go-to podcast for everything monster rugby here on the Rugby Channel. I'm Alan Quinlan, and alongside me, as always, is Neve Briggs. How are you, Neve? Good, Quinny. Good. Good weekend. Yeah, much better this weekend, anyway. For everything monster rugby, this is the place to be, and we want you to be involved as well. Let us know what your thoughts are on the latest monster happenings by tweeting us at Rugby Channel 15 or leaving a comment wherever you're watching this across the rugby channel's social media pages. And, of course, to subscribe to the podcast, just search for The Red 78 and you get the podcast straight to your phone every week. Uh, lots to talk about, Neve, this week. Um, I have a big, long list made. Um, I suppose, look, obviously, the biggest talking point is the performance and the win uh, with 14 men for 65 minutes. But I just want to start with... Um, there's been a fair bit of negativity around all last week, and I think that's been well highlighted. And um, it probably for the first time I saw it kind of maybe Johan van Grand, the monster head coach, get a bit sparky in his pre-match in- interview with Murray Kinsella. Um, lots of people were tweeting and texting and ringing about that as well. Um, what what did you make of it? Um, Obviously, Murray asked him, you know, about the performances and that negativity, and he wasn't best pleased. He reminded Murray that, uh, well, we won the cast game in case he didn't remember, and uh, we only lost the kind of game by a couple of points. So, obviously, he believes it wasn't as bad as maybe people on the outside are making out, but um, I would have liked to have seen him just still, and I said this the week before, just talk about... um, the, the performance was disappointing and that he understands the fans' frustration. Maybe not the ex-players, but the fans' frustration. Yeah, look, I think, first of all, I, you know, I'd say got to a point for him this week where um, there was just a huge shift in the mindset between media supporters and stuff after that kind of game, I think. Um, and it can be really, you know, tough to take, I think, especially when you're... And in a position where you're the head coach, you're putting a huge amount of effort into something. And, um, you know, based off a performance or a couple of performances, that's the rain and down on you. And I said to you last week as well, I thought it was a really, um, I didn't like the, the way it was just an easy thing to throw out and say, oh, the reason why they did win against Connacht was because he was leaving. That's just so poor in terms of, it's an easy out almost. But I, I I did think he got spiky and I was just like, you know what, a couple of things there. I think it got to a stage two. You know, you've got to remember the last time Munster played on television for RTE, the, the, uh, he was still the head coach and there was no news of him moving on. I think, I think it was a couple of days afterwards when it broke and obviously there's been no games. So I think Murray as the commentator was, you know, right to ask him and but he was also right to turn around and say look I've spoken about this in December it's not about me anymore I've said that and and he's continuously been asked in every press conference and he's but, but, did, but did he speak about it did he speak about it or was it just a press release <clears throat> uh no he did the first the first press conference he did he said he he gave us reasons and you know that he was moving on 
So there are personal reasons, you know, you've got to accept that. Um, and look, the whole situation is a bit weird. We're, we're not going to like run away from that. It's a bit odd in terms, it's not something that we're used to at rugby, that's six months out, you know, the, the coach is moving on. But so, but if you go back and listen to Murray's second question about the, the performance, he, he, he said the performances, he, he, you know, he didn't say, or he said the disappointments, didn't say the performances. And I think that if I'm a player and I see Van Gran you know, going, well, we only lost one game. You're thinking, okay, he's got my back. And um, and, and you can flip it that way too. You know, there's players listening to, to what he's saying. And um, and internally, they'll know that that kind of performance wasn't good enough. They'll know the cast performance wasn't probably good enough. But they also realise that Europe is different. Cast have the ability, we'll talk about it later on, to bring you down into a dogfight. And it's really difficult to get away from that. So, but I... I, I did think it was a bit spiky and I thought, you know what, it's probably at the end of his tether. You know, we don't see the work he's putting in off the field and um, if there's criticism to go to him, um, then it's got to be the right criticism. It's got to be constructive and it's got to, it can't be just, oh, he's leaving, just, you know, get him to leave. Yeah, I know. I, I fully understand and I understand I've been in that environment where you try and keep things internal and you try and block out outside noise, which he's been quoted as saying this week. And that's, that's fine. And sometimes um, you've got to be resilient and stick together. And that's very important as well. So I, I just think <clears throat> I would have liked to have seen, and we're not going to keep going on about it, but I would just like to have seen Johan say, look, these performances aren't good enough. Um, There's certain reasons. And in fairness, we've spoke about the mitigation of them not being together in a long time, not being able to train and, and all that stuff. But um, just probably the Connacht one really exasperated everything with maybe not passing the ball or not trying to, um, you know, attack a little bit more. So it is what it is. And it's no harm that maybe he did get a bit spiky. He's very, very nice man. He's very well respected. And I think he came out though this week in the media and said, "Look, you know, much more my heart and soul and everything I'm doing." Yeah, and I and and like you know, you know yourself, like preparing for a game and like the emotions are high. He's just, he knows he's just you know probably after losing losing Pete there, he goes into an interview and first question he's asked, it's not really about the game, it's more about the you know what's happening six months down the line. So, um, but yeah, look, it was it was uh, I actually quite I thought it was I I actually was like, do you know what? Not seen that side of him before. He's coming out fighting, and um, as a monster supporter, that's what you want, I suppose. Yeah, and look, as I said, just I think he he probably I like the fact that he got a bit narky, and um, you are going to get narky. It wasn't a normal week because there was a lot of pressure on them, and they've got to deal with that. Um, they're paid professionals, and you know, was the criticism too much? Maybe a little bit. I don't know, um, but based on what we saw. And, and a worrying trend in some of these games. Not losing matches. We'll, re- we'll say that point again. It's not losing matches. It's the manner in which they lost the Connacht. And I just think that um, it's the fans really that, that you want the head coach to address. He doesn't have to address any of us as ex-players or anything like that or media. It's really the, 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 the fans and it's trying to just give them a little bit of hope and say that it wasn't good enough. And I think he did say that yesterday in his press conference that they're more disappointed than anyone. And of course, and he was much more open in that. Um, he addressed the yeah. issue of of uh, him not wanting to be here. I don't think that's the case. And I, I, I that wouldn't be an issue for me. I think he's going to try and do his best. And it's just the nature. He's going to have to deal with this for the next few months. You know, if 
if um, if you lose another game, these things will come up again. And that's just the reality of it. Um, I have no issue with him moving I, on. Sport is sport and that's it, professional sport. Let's yeah, get on to the I think you need, I just, I just, sorry, no, I just think you need to hit the nail in the head and beat there, though. It's not really about the lost games, the manner, how they're playing about and going about it. You're looking across, Leinster, you're looking across the Munster, uh, or sorry, Connacht, and you look at Ulster, and they all have the ability to be able to move the ball. We just don't seem to be at that we, level yet. I think we that's where... The- we we, we had the ability, ability. which is not going that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's I where the frustration. frustration the frustration has yeah. come out. And it's just look, the head coach is like the CEO of the company comes out, you want him to try and just be be kind of a little bit more transparent. Everybody's not out to get monster, you know what I mean? We want him to do well and we would love to see him do well, but and just play and kind of have more energy and urgency. And they didn't have that in Connacht. It's been spoken about a lot. The players and the coaches had to take it on the chain. They reacted. Okay, the first, um, they beat Ulster 18-13, 65 minutes with 14 men. It didn't look great at the start, even with 15 men. Ulster looked like they came down, set their stall out, um, sensed an opportunity here and and tried to capitalise, being quite direct in one-out runners, being really physical, trying to maul them. And then when that try goes in from Herring early on, you think, this could be a tough night for Munster. Um, what did you assess at a performance? We'll talk about the sending off in a few minutes. And did yeah, we see I, a reaction? I, yeah, we definitely saw a reaction, that's for sure. I think I was similar to you in the first 10 minutes. I was, oh God, like, you know, they'd given away, I think it was like four penalties in the first five minutes. It kind of seemed like that, that trend from cutout was continuing on. Um, and I think that try kind of sparked them a little bit in. I I definitely think that that we saw a reaction. I saw positive moments when they tried to move the ball. That they even and I'm not talking about getting to an edge. I'm talking about quick pick and goes through a rock around the rock, not giving defenses time to settle. And they got really good change out of that. I think that the issues for me sometimes is that we still try to slow the tempo down for some reason or other. And realistically. <clears throat> I think kind of Ulster lost that as opposed to Munster went and won it, which I it's it's not that's not sound bad. I think Munster were brilliant defensively, like absolutely outstanding. I just think that Ulster losing John Cooney narrows their attack and didn't exploit that space um, on the outside, um, unless it was kick space, and then Mike Haley was in the backfield covering so so well. So um, I think I think it was a a good performance. It won't be you know there'll definitely be things they need to work on, but that. That tempo, the stuff that we saw them trying to do in terms of small picks around the rock, going through the rock, Casey, and not even waiting for Casey to get there. I thought that was really, really good for, for Munster. These little runners that are <clears throat> coming hard and then you hit, you hit the outside forward at the back. These are the things that give you slow to fast ball. It's when you get fast ball, it's that ability to be able to continue to, to play at that level. I think at times Munster just trying to slow it down a few bits, which was a little bit frustrating, but um, a, a good performance, yeah. Wasn't perfect, um, but as you say, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot better stuff in the game. I think the the you talk about a reaction and and um, energy and physicality, and they showed even when there was fifteen men there. I think obviously when you go down a man, you've got to roll your sleeves up more, and um, they looked like the dominant side. Um, they had more possession, more territory. Ulster la- lost control of the game. Now I think. In commentary, I said that maybe they were naive in, the, in in kicking the ball away a little bit. They were 13 points up in the second half. Um, 
55, four or five minutes, I think, Doak gets another penalty, puts him 13-6 up. And I said it a little bit in commentary that I thought Ulster were naive in, in kicking the ball away and, and kind of giving Munster a glimmer of hope. But maybe that's a little bit unfair because I think the work rate, the enthusiasm, the energy, and there was mistakes, was so much better than what we saw the week before against Connacht. And even if they lost that game, I would have said, well, look, there's mistakes, some some little bits of shape and attack, maybe kicked it at times when they should have put it through the hands. You're always going to look back at games. But they passed the ball much more. They, they had seven or eight offloads. They would won in Connacht. Um, and I just think the overall energy and enthusiasm of the players and aggression was so much better. And I think that's what kind of laid down the marker because... It was a really attritional game. They were very, very physical, both sides. And the breakdown was was a real dogfight. And I just think that's that's what we want to see, isn't it, from Munster. Um, and obviously a little bit of attack and, and taking an opportunity if it presents itself. At this level of rugby, when you're playing good sides, you're not going to get loads of chances. But when you do get them, we saw a little bit before halftime that condensed kind of pick and jam stuff again. Um, and they failed to score. They got a penalty. They kicked the penalty this time. Um, do they need to get better at that just on, on improving those opportunities and be a little bit more ruthless when they get into those zones? Now, they got two penalties from brilliant pressure um, uh, that, that Crowley kicked to make it 7-6, but they had opportunities there, hadn't they, that, that maybe yeah. they look back and yeah, see huge some huge. of the stuff against Connacht. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a couple of occasions that if you had a wide camera out, you'd look at either Mike Haley or Sean French in acres of space screaming for the ball and um, and it's still in there. And I thought I, that little spell kind of frustrated me too because I felt like, you know, previous weekends, Connacht, they had another spell like that and turnover from Connacht and you're thinking in your head, like surely, you know, there's been clarity in relation to what they're trying to do here. Surely there's clarity in terms of what they want to do. And the, t- the top tier teams, the Exeters, Saracens, the Leinsters, La Rochelle's, Toulouse's, when they get into that scoring zone, they always come away with points. Very, very rarely do they not. And Well, um, with, with, tri- with tries, Munster did come away, yeah. to be fair. They took the three points. Yeah, and yeah. Well, and Ulster tries, were giving away penalties. Be, yeah, and you've got to, but you've got to have more you've got to have more patience for me in terms of what you're doing. So you've got to have a little bit of those angle of running. You've got to be able to sit defenders down and, and you've got to be able to like the, the second half to Mike Haley try, like that would have there in the first half too. Now I'm glad that we saw it in the second half. It means that we're looking at it and we're getting better, but um, to be rootless at this level, you know, you've got to make those pay. And Craig Casey's performance. And I think it's unfair sometimes to, um, God, we keep mentioning the week before. Let's let's try not do that anymore. But I think this week his performance was so full of zip, full of pace, looking for runners, looking to make passes. And we saw that in the second half, as you said, with the Mike Haley try. Kieran Treadwell gets Sinbin. They kick to the corner. Um, they're much more. I had I had a real feeling that they were going to score there, even if there was fifteen on. That they looked just their body language looked different, and. They had a rattle for a number of phases and then, bang, Casey goes for the pass and Mike Haley scores. And you just get a sense then that they were starting to believe that they could do this. They, he, he missed the conversion. Um, it's 13-11, but 
that reaction and that kind of so we've a contrast to both halves um they capitalize here and and if you're looking for improvements i think they just need to get and i was asked a question about dna and monsters dna the week before it's trying to find that ruthless kind of streak um, when you get into the 22 that you put on so much pressure that eventually you find a gap you find an opening and at worst you come away with three points and i think that was that'll do the players a lot of good um and it'll be a bit of yeah um, happiness about scoring that try and obviously it was a vital score um, it's, it's, it gave them the, the opportunity to go and win the game um, so that was much better I think and they, need, they deserve a bit of credit for that Yeah, hugely and I just think that that was a big ter- like a pressure point too in terms of making, you know games kind of have peaks and troughs you know and when you hit your purple patch you have to make a pay. I thought months are completely absolutely out like, out out muscled Ulster at times, and especially in that second half, I thought they were completely dominant. I think that's, you know, Ulster found it really difficult, even against 14 players. And I just think that that could be a huge catalyst for that group to have a good chunk of confidence going into the next two weeks. Okay, we move on to the last try then, the, the, the Alex Ken- Kendall and try. What an offload from Gavin Coombs. Um, Jack O'Donoghue came in for some criticism last week. His work rate for that score, making the line break. Um, that just kind of had a sense that not that everything is perfect and they pay, you know, that that they fixed everything, but this is what these guys are capable of. They're good footballers. Um, they have an ability to read what's in front of them. I know the coaches have come in for some criticism, but out on the field, you sometimes have to play what's in front of you. And I just thought, you know, Gavin Coombs was outstanding. He had 27 carries in a game. Um, we saw glimpses of him being back to to, to his what he can do best for Munster, um, and that offload with the right hand um, out the back for that try, keep the ball alive. I think it was to Josh Witcherly. Um mm. It was brilliant. It was a brilliant score, and I think they deserved it for the work rate, you know, and the energy and the effort that they put in in that game. Of course, don't get me wrong; they will look back, and there are certain things that. You know, I think they kicked away at times when they probably should have. And that was probably sometimes out of a fear of just trying to get into the opposition half and, and with only 14 men. Um, and sometimes the, the attack shape was could be a lot better, like we highlighted. But I think there were so many positives for them to take out of that. And to get the winning try, I think I watched the players. There was a, an incredible sense of relief and the coaches when the cameras went to the coaches box. And incredibly, they win a game that, like we said at the start, they probably didn't look like they'd win. Um, I think they deserve a bit of credit this week, surely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and that, that last try was just, you know, <clears throat> epitome of what you're trying to do in terms of trying to stretch defences. I think they go from one edge to the other and, and you're looking to find soft shoulders to be able to get in behind defences. Once you get in behind defences, then you can flood channels and and make it work. I think that, um, yeah, Gavin Coombs worked incredibly hard. I think, still think that he needs more matches. He he looks like to me to be the type of player that needs more and more games. And he's the ones that the more he plays, the better he gets. Um, some players can just turn up and, and not play for weeks and, and have it on. Um, yeah, we, so we, spoke, we spoke about... We spoke about the back row last week. I think this week, Coombs, Hodnett and Tyburn were outstanding. Oh, and yeah. 
Um, I said that. I just really think if your back row are going well, making carries, making tackles, making turnovers, coming up with big moments, it gives you a great opportunity um, to to really influence a game. And you know, John Hodna was brilliant as well. I thought I think he's getting he's better. Super, yeah. I think he's need matches more more games for sure. But Ty Byrne just showed the level he's at. He came up with so many big turnovers and big moments in that game. Um, I just think it was a phenomenal performance from him. Um, and for a guy who wasn't starting initially, to be told maybe 20 minutes before the game, you're actually going on, you're playing now from the start. He was captain and I think he he kind of led from the front, didn't he? He was outstanding. Yeah, he was uh, he he was brilliant. I think both him and Mike Haley deserve a huge amount of credit for for work rate, for ability to move off the ball, to, to be able to replay ahead of time. Ty Byrne is so exceptionally good at picking his moments. If you ever watch him, just focus in on him. He'll allow a um, you know a rock or a carry to happen very close to him. He, he'll just stand there and look like he's disinterested in the pillar. And then the next carry that they make, he'll be in like a shot. And he's just so, so clever at it. And disrupting that mall in the first half, getting a turnover, that was a huge pivotal moment because Munster were under pressure um, at times through that mall D, especially in that scoring zone. So um, he was incredible. And um, he, he to me, is the on-foreign player in Ireland at the moment. Um, he's really, really continued on since that Lions tour. And um, his weight is worth in gold, be it as back row or a second row. He's just a, a phenomenal footballer. Yeah, we spoke about the positives a lot. So Mike Haley was really good. Chris Farrell looked a lot sharper in what he was trying to do. And Rory Scannell um, hasn't had a lot of opportunity. I thought he played well. Uh, Thomas Ahern. Um, so if you're if you're rating the players this week, you're looking at I think you're looking at sevens or eights out of ten. Um, there's there's negatives and things that you look at and mistakes that all these players made. But I just think you're looking at seven or eights. When you're looking at Ty Byrne, you're looking at nine or ten, um, uh, um, nine out of ten possibly. So I think it was it was really so much better for you. I, what I are think, the negatives? Think Oh, sorry. I just want to say, I think the big thing there is the reason why so many are seven or eights is a chunk I played the previous week. So two games in a row. They Once got a bit of continuity. Games, yeah, they got some yeah, continuity yeah. and we got that reaction, which their backs were to the wall a bit. But look, where yeah. do they need to be better? Um, just really uh, briefly before tempo, we get on. To- tempo. We've got to look at tempo. They've got to look at controlling that so that, you know, you've got to look at what your squad is and who you're playing and um, for me Munster play best when they play with pace and they play with intensity they're square to the ball they're having run, lines of running and they're getting over the cane line and and their ability to hold on to the ball then is really good once they do that I still don't understand that when they have moments of pressure where they have numbers up in defence you know they have 4v2 4v3s these kind of numbers and if they throw the ball down and they look to kick it I, I still find that you know, frustrating to watch and understand when you have so much talent and you can play at this level. Does the communication need to be better on the field then that they take control there and and react to those things themselves better? Well, I presume it's a pattern that they're looking to play. You know, they're obviously trying to put the ball down into the opposition so that they can, you know, try and squeeze them for an air and get them to make mistakes. But um, I think when Munster, you know, they go and have a look and... 
we saw it at times, obviously, you know, last week, Damien the, Danley the, making that break from his own line. Okay, obviously he kicked it afterwards, but, you know, he makes the break. And that Gavin Coombs, like that was in almost in their own half and they had the ability to get to an edge and, and to work it to the opposite edge. And they have the ability. I just Sometimes they seem to just slow may, down may, for whatever and may, and maybe need more control and more vocal uh, leaders on the team to actually step up and take control and call certain plays and give certain instructions. I think maybe that's something. Um, Jack Crowley is someone who I'm a big fan of. Um, I think he he had some really good moments in the game. He obviously dropped the ball twice, took his eye off the ball. I think that's something that you, you learn from and uh, he, um, he, he'll get over. Um, do you persist with him? What did you make of his overall performance? I was a little bit I was a little bit of the opinion, even though, and I'm a, you know, Ben Healy, both these guys and Jake Flannery are very exciting players for the future. So I don't want to big one up over the other, but I just see something in Crowley at the moment that if you, you need a little bit of continuity in that position with, with uh, Joey Carberry out. And I just think um, there's something there. There's this little bit of spark and attack there that yeah. could, could be really, really positive for this team if they want to try and, play a little bit more attacking rugby. Yeah, 100%. I actually was really impressed him too. And it's, uh, at the start, I was kind of thinking, oh God, like, you know, he's trying to make the most of this moment. So it's like too, trying too hard, you know, that kind of type of thing. And um, But I, I did, he was exceptional. Even inside that 22, you know, the double step, only for Vermeulen gets a hand to it, he's away. And um, so, yeah, look, he, he, he definitely offers X Factor. He offers Spark. I like the fact that we were he was calling those passes, those sweet passes out the back, which, you know, we don't see very often from, from Ben Healy, but they're two different type of players. So I think going into this weekend, you've got to look at, okay, what do Cass do? Cass make it ugly. They, they want to try and spoil things. And so do you look to a player like Ben Healy that can make a territory pressure type game with that big boot? Or do you think, okay, let's, let's go and have the courage to play down there and, and see? And um, so it'll be a big thing. But both be- of them are, are very good. It'll be interesting into seeing what kind of selection they have this week. We'll talk a bit about it in a minute. Just on the red card, Simon Zebo, it's just double barrel question. Two questions here in one. The red card, just your assessment on that. Um, if I was to give my opinion quickly, I don't think there was any malice in it. I think he's trying to get a big hit. Timing is all wrong. It's got to be much more careful. Jack Crowley could have been uh, joining him as well, but thankfully Mike, Mike Lowry was okay and Zebo signed a new two-year contract. We haven't seen much of him this, this year. We spoke at the start of the season about um, him lifting the crowd, exciting people and all that kind of stuff. Um, just on the sending off and on him extending his contract. Yeah, obviously, uh, I think it was a red card. Definitely, I, I, for me, it was the the, the height that, that he went in and, and the fact that, you know, couldn't get a chance to rap because he had his um he had the kind of like chicken wing what they call it. So um but that's I also hundred percent agree there's, there's absolutely no malice in it. He's not a malicious player, he's anything but I just think you're right, timing was wrong and, and also that could be also a case. The fact that he hasn't played a huge amount, he's trying to make a, a big statement, to, you know, he's he's over exuberant inside it and, and and just you know smashed into Larry. So it's it's unfortunate and he's 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 been lucky, you know, I think obviously <clears throat> had a couple of games at the start of the season and then was wrapped up in that COVID thing in South Africa, you know, going him at Ireland, not getting game time there. Um, so it's, it's been a really an up and down season for him, I think. And I think, but 
Delighted to see him, you know, two-year contract. It's brilliant. He's settled now. You know what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And look, you want, just want to see him pushing on from here. But um, as yeah, a coach, just... as a coach, Neve, um, and this is something that's coming up a lot about the technique of players and the tackle, their entry points into rocks. How do we change this? Do we do we tell players you can't actually smash anyone anymore? You've just got to be more careful. So if you're going a hundred percent looking for that big hit, do you have to revert bring it back to eighty percent so that you're in a little bit more control? If you were coaching um coaching your team this week, which you will be doing, um and you had an issue with a red card at the weekend, what would you say to your players? What what how are we gonna change this in the game? Or is it just unfortunate that we're always we're going to see this going forward that players get their timing wrong. Yeah, we just got to protect the player. I think that's the most important thing. And and every team will have their own defensive principles and their own philosophies. And you know, you go through the fin- the principle of okay, what's well, your tackle entry? Is it too high? Yeah, okay. Well, then there we go. Are you square? No, okay. Well, then how do you make yourself square? You get there earlier. You you have control of your feet. Um. So look, it's just unfortunate. I think. And to be fair, you know. They're going to get moments to that when you're just trying to make big statements in games. And um, I do think that they came to the right conclusion, unfortunately, for Simon's Evo. But I just think that the onus has to be on the player that's making the tackle, that you've got to be much more in control of yourself and your body so that, you know, when you do get to smash, and you can smash people in control, you've just got to be able to. But it, he was just unfortunate, I think, Jack Crowley making the hit right before him, like that little split second puts things off a little balance and it's just really unfortunate. So, um, but the onus has to be on, on, on the tackler, I think. And that's, that's what I say to my players. And we, we, you know, we've got to make sure that we, we tackle safely, I suppose, as opposed to anything else. Okay. So what was, uh, obviously the build up to the Ulster game, a rough week for him and probably a tough week, um, particularly answering questions about the performances and stuff like that. They get a good result. They move themselves up the table um, and hopefully gain a bit of momentum and continuity. There was no Keith Earls, no Connor Murray, no Damien Dialende, no Jean Klein. Possibly, well, Earls and Murray are back training. O'Mahony is training. Jean Klein trained this week. Not really sure about Damien Dialende. So, those five guys having having them back in the mix for casts on Friday night in round three of of Europe, um, I think that's a bit of a hard edge that you need. I think going to going to France this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I was just looking up this morning. To be honest, you know, last visit cast was a, a one point loss. They won by a point this year. Twenty seventeen was a draw, um, so it, it's it, it's always a very very close game and. Irrelevant of whether casts are focusing on this this competition or not now, um, you know they still bring a hard edge. They try to, they're just very messy. I've watched them a couple of weeks now in the top fourteen, and they're they just like to to engage teams in the physical side of things. You know they're very they put pressure at the breakdown, and they're incredibly physical in their carries. And their set piece is good, so you do you need. You need the likes of well, Manny for me is having a brilliant, brilliant season. We need him in back in there. We need Keith Earls. We need these guys to be able to offer X Factor because you've got to have the courage to play. I think take it away from that physical zone. And uh, that, that was that was my next it. question. Yeah. yeah. So what? What? Obviously, you you've highlighted the fact, and I think most of the listeners will know, watch the game, and, and know anything about casts is they're a difficult side to play, and I mean that respectfully, and because. 
maybe the word negative was used, but they're very, very effective in the directness, their kicking game, or the Paletta controls things, Rory Cockett. He's abrasive, he's mouthy, he's in your face, and they have a real niggle about them. <clears throat> they lost at home to cast um to Quinns in round one and obviously lost to Munster in round two. So with two games left in the in the group stages, you could say, well, maybe their minds are not switched on. But I really I, I know from the history between Munster and Cast, this is a game they'll really want to win and they'll target on Friday night. Um, it's a long shot from if they if they beat Monster and win away in Quinns, two wins, who knows, might get them into the round sixteen. But it's going to be a really difficult game, and we saw that from the game just before Christmas. Just briefly, the approach Monster take at the weekend now. Do they try and build on what they did at, uh, at last weekend against Ulster um, with the amount of passes? They were up 150 or 60 at, at the weekend as opposed to the 45 that were highlighted the week before. Or do they, and, and maybe it'll come down to Crowley or Healy who plays at 10. Um, I just think the sta- they'll make a statement if they pick Jack Crowley there and say, look, we're going to try and attack here and we're not going to try and kick now, Cass do try and force you backwards and try and make you for you to make mistakes in your half. And they're very, very dangerous and aggressive at the breakdown. So I'm not a head coach and um, uh, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't here. But I believe um, that Munster have to be brave here and go and attack. Yeah. And if they win this game on Friday night, it'd be down to taking opportunities and not running over Cass or kicking to the corners. Um, it's actually playing with that tempo and pace and, and trying to get into multi-phase and hope for for opportunities then. I think that's the way to be cast at the weekend. And obviously, they've got to be very physical, get their set piece right, because it is a it is a challenging and tough game. And I really think cast will, will love nothing more than to beat Munster on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Quinny. I think they've got to go and be brave and, and look to play to the edges but not although that they've got to be able to play with tempo I think and tempo doesn't always mean edges you can be real you know you can play real fast and 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 you know with pace in around that rock area you've got to be able to make them uncomfortable that's the best thing that's the best way of kind of describe to you that you make casts uncomfortable don't give them a second to try and engage into that kind of physical dominance that they're looking to do and um, and you just you know Make the pressure pay. I think that's a big thing. So you'd like to see an evolution for sure on on, on what last weekend um, brought, and and hopefully we can do that. Um, yeah, but yeah, they're you, third. They're third in the top fourteen at the moment. Yeah. They've played fifteen games, won nine, um, and haven't been beaten at home in the league this season. But Quinns did beat them there by attacking them a lot. I think and. I, I remember that Don Brand try off the back of a line-out. He went through Urda Paletta. It was a mistake. It was a seven-pointer, that one. But um, Quinns looks like um, they profited from attacking and trying to play with a little bit of width and expansion in their game and, and being brave. So it's going to be a really, really tough task. And Castro side that can make you look like a very average side. So it's a real tricky one because they can really, really frustrate you with their, their uh, niggle their in-your-face type approach. And it works for them. They're a very hard side to beat at home. And I spoke to my Prendergast and Ron O'Gara about this. It's a really difficult place to go. I experienced it myself. And their DNA is to make it really difficult for teams at home. So it's uh, Munster have really got to be on their game this week. And if they win on Friday or were to go to France, I think it's 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 
it's a huge step forward for this team because they'll have qualified for the round 16 with one game to go. I know they'll want to win win all four games, but um, you lose this one, it makes it tricky for Was the week after. So let's hope that they get a performance and and get a result and build on what we saw at the weekend because there was a lot more positives than negatives this week, which was uh, thankfully we were able to talk about. Just finally, before we go... Um, uh, Malachi Fekatoa has been linked with Munster. Uh, we haven't officially heard that Damien Dialende is, is leaving, but um, would he be a good signing for Munster? Yeah, I think he's he's obviously a very good player. I think I just want someone that's going to buy into this, into the province and um, and really ingrain themselves in the culture of you know. Um, I've watched him. He's been in a quite injury prone with Wasps. Um, so, you know, are you getting a player that's going to play week in, week out for you? I think that's the biggest thing. I think if he's fit, I think if he's fit and well, he's he's a very yeah. talented player. Can, but there's no, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there's no, there's no question in his ability. He's like outrageous in his step and his ability to offload. So, could open doors for Munster for sure. Yeah, we'll wait and see on that one and uh, who they will sign or will they bring in some an, an overseas um, back um, lots of people have different opinions on, on what they should and shouldn't do given we saw a lot of those younger players in Wasps and, and that excited everybody well thankfully this week you didn't give out to me anyway um, like you did last <laughs> week for interrupting you um, that's it from episode 14 of the Red 78 we'll be back next week to break down every minute of what it, we hope is a better is a good performance and a win in cast this time around. We did say it's going to be very difficult. So don't forget to get in touch with your thoughts on all things monstrous throughout the week and we'll be sure to get them on next week's podcast. You can tweet us at Rugby Channel 15 or search for the Rugby Channel on YouTube and leave a comment. Make sure you subscribe to the Red 78 wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next week. Thank you again, Neve, and uh, hopefully it is a positive one next week. Cheers. Thanks a million. Cheers, Benny. The Monster Rugby Podcast. Red 78 with Adam Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better.